0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctena, and today we'll be working with the physical manifestation process and how putting our right foot forward on our path isn't just a metaphor. We manifest ourselves into the world not only through our intentions, but through our actions, which include deciding whether to move forward, stand back, or hold steady. Our legs are very much part not only of how we navigate our world, but how we walk our spiritual path into being. Akasha moves through us from inspiration, the higher self, to creative possibility, right brain, from logical problem-solving, left brain, to intention, heart chakra down through data gathering, left and right arms, into soul engagement, solar plexus, and from there comes physical implementation. Part of that implementation is differentiating where exactly we belong, which can also be thought of as finding your tribe or finding your place in the world. This energy is expressed and experienced in the left leg, through the energy of nitzak The other is defining and creating the life we want to have. In the right leg, the energy center HOD implements our creative life. It's like letting the horse out of the gate at the Kentucky Derby. This energy center, or Sephora, is all of the creative desire to be and do and make and breathe, released finally in the world, the becoming process for which Nitzhak has made a place. It is the best foot forward we put into the world, the steps we take which move us forward or back on our path, the way we back up when we misspeak, step lively to avoid unnecessary entanglements, and the grounded stance we take in order to be in balance. Hode is also the joy in living, or lack thereof. Life doesn't always go smoothly, or even truly go at all, and this can douse our fire suck the oxygen out of things, and leave us with no urge to do anything. Fire doesn't survive without fuel and won't start without a spark. So in Hode, there can also be dry fuel, potential not realized, smoldering beginnings, projects which got started but never amount to anything, beautiful flames, happy progress and success, however defined, or powdery ashes, achieving burnout, and being left with the need to choose a new project or direction. The mantra of HOD is choose. The inevitable outcome of having agency in an embodied life, of actively experiencing free will, is to choose. Life is about choice even before we enter it. We choose to embody. We are not required to do so. We choose the bodies we enter, the lives we plan to live, And in each moment, we make choices in how we live them. At the most basic level, with each breath, with each heartbeat, we choose to stay here. These are not automatic, as suicide and hunger strikes demonstrate so dramatically. We choose where we will live, what we will wear, what we will eat, who we will spend time with, and on and on. Yes, there are limitations for people depending on a variety of factors, including economics, race, religion, sexual orientation, gender, education, and such, but even the most limited still have choices in each day. No matter how limited our circumstances, as the myriad of prisoner of war autobiographies attest, we have choices on what we do, who we are, who we will become and how we will incorporate experiences to create our personal narrative. This is something celebrated in media all the time as the story of the underdog who refuses to accept fate and instead creates their own future. Biblically, we see this in the story of David and Goliath. Hode is where we decide, I like this and not that. I'll join this and not that. This is me and not that. I can do this, but only some of that. HODE is the yes, no, maybe so, which creates the steps we take in the dance of life. It allows us to experience physical individuality as well as agency. Life is complex and we are complex creatures. Rarely is any goal reached via a straight line, nor would we want them to be. An elder of mine once pointed out that roads are rarely straight in life because the straight line gives us nothing in return other than the means of connecting here with there. To travel a straight road takes energy, and the journey gives nothing back. Hence we work not to get bored and sleepy on a straight highway and thrill at driving fast on curves. And we love roller coasters, which aren't straight, but instead twisting adrenaline adventures another way to think of this is as a metal spring if straightened it's just a rod as a spiral a spring has a lot of energy stored in its windings the more it tightens and turns the more energy it has to release life is like this living is meant to give to us to help us navigate twists and turns to get us to make choices and give us the impetus to move forward and become hence Each choice we make through Hode is not made in a vacuum. If our choices were not entangled with everything else, then they would make straight paths to the goal. Individual choices are made in an immense world where others' choices are being made all around us. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Whether we realize it or not, whether we see the connections or not, when we enter life, we become a part of it. As Shakespeare so poignantly wrote, All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. Of course, Jane Austen put this more humorously. For what do we live but to make sport for our neighbors and laugh at them in our turn? Life force, akasha, is the burning, tempering fire with which to create the molten fire which brings things into being, which moves us to action, which makes choices become deeds. Hode is full of the doing of what has only been a plan or a thought until now. In Hode, we create through our choices. The physical world provides us with an abundance of material to work with, sometimes so dense it can seem limitless and yet is restricted via time and circumstances and simple existence. The old saying, necessity is the mother of invention, is true. If we need something and the universe doesn't or cannot provide it, we can make it ourselves. We are the fire which forges materials into new shapes, whether they be to create something new in the world or create and recreate ourselves. Whether you see this from the perspective of crafting, healing, following your own path, manufacturing, art, inventing, or charting your own destiny, in Hode, you're taking the opportunities and materials laid out before you and making something new with them every day. Like putting together a puzzle with no borders, you choose to go to work or not, you take food and create a meal, you walk out into the world or stay in. You get online or don't, pay bills or don't, play sports or don't, connect or not, and craft your life in the blocks of a million and one choices. Each day becomes like a pearl on a string, making a beautiful piece of jewelry to adorn the world. And as always, not choosing is a choice. To not do something can be as powerful an action as doing. People worry they've lost time or lost opportunities because they put off a choice for months or years. In actuality, what they've done is simply elongated the process of choosing over time, like putting life in slow-mo. Not choosing is a completely valid choice, just as silence can be a completely valid answer. However, we need to remember that not choosing in itself is a choice, and we are responsible for the results. Also, in Hode, it quickly becomes apparent that to remain in the status quo takes just as much creative power and energy as moving and changing. Whether the pearls you string are dull with despair or pearlescent with joy, they are inevitably strong. Each time we think a situation could or should be different and we do nothing to make different choices, to honor our power, to change ourselves, we have made a choice. And therefore, added a piece to our puzzle just as we do when we act. In Hode, the need to control things not only allows us to sort ourselves out from the cacophony of the world around us and to support us in doing the right thing correctly, but can also goad us into being our own worst enemy. Hode cannot see the big picture. To see things in their entirety, you must rise above them, but this perspective isn't available once our energy crosses over into a physical life. To be of life and in it requires giving up being above it all, thereby allowing Hode to get its hands dirty. However, the desire to make sense of a chaotic world and to navigate through the right way the first time, as it were, can cause us to try and control things beyond our scope. To make things happen the way we want and the time frame we want them, regardless or in spite of others or possible negative repercussions. Most of us have experienced this at one time or another. We set a goal which we desire to achieve so much, have so much charge around, have our emotional and personal identity invested in, therefore every single thing which connects with it becomes fraught with meaning. Every interaction becomes magnified to the point of being apocalyptic, and our life seems to hang in the balance. For example... If I don't get this raise, my career will be ruined. Or, if I don't get into this school, I'll fail in becoming fill-in-the-blank. If I don't get this woman to marry me, I'll never be a father. I'll never have a family or happiness. We freight these choices with so much of our identity, we're unable to create them or anything else. We wipe our ability to see other options and therefore have no ability to choose. Oh, at first we take the actions necessary to set our goals in motion and maintain them, but then we move beyond, into areas where we have no business and no power due to our fears and anxieties and pure need. We obsess, we overcommunicate, we insert ourselves into the actions and choices of others, effectively sabotaging our own actions and goals through the unintended consequences of our pushing. Sometimes our need to control can move us into an all-or-nothing stance. If we can't have things exactly the way we want them, we will choose to not have them at all. We choose to cut off our nose to spite our face, refusing to excel or even try. We can choose not to change a situation because, if we can't have perfection, we are just as well off with the devil we know. On the other hand, sometimes this need to control instead of stopping us in our tracks, causes us to settle for something which resembles what we want in certain aspects, but fails to meet our essential needs. Like accepting a partner who seems good enough in order to not be alone, or taking a job which we feel is the mediocrity we deserve, rather than what would nurture our entire being. This allows us to have control, to feel we're creating even though what we create is the negation of what we truly want. We eventually become the cheap knockoff version of who we desire to be and claim this as a victory. For some, the immensity of choices available is so overwhelming their reaction is simply not to choose. They make minimal efforts and hand off all choices to others, alleviating themselves of the need to decide on most anything in their lives. This comes not from a lack of will. It takes will to constantly offer up choices to another. To submerge the self is a daily commitment, dousing the creative fire and removing the joy of living in order to be free of responsibility. Please note this is quite different from committing to the service of others. Giving up your choices to another out of a desire to avoid the regular activities of life is different from entering into an agreement with someone to achieve a goal. For example... Working to earn a Ph.D., entering into active service in the military, becoming an apprentice or journeyman in a skilled profession, or working through a medical residency, do require you to surrender significant amounts of choice in life for a specified amount of time, which may include surrendering your choice of where to live, when and how much to sleep, when and what to eat, and so on. But these are choices made in the implementation of a bigger, overarching choice or goal. Surrendering a portion of our individuality in order to gain something or create something, for example, volunteering or entering into a monastic order, is part of Hode. This is a conscious choice to serve others, to conform, to create through doing and being in a specific and prescribed way. Hiding from choices, being stagnant in the face of choices, can seem like surrender for the common good. People do this all the time as some kind of unspoken bargain, such as parents giving up things for the welfare of their children, one spouse surrendering authority to the other, or members following a spirituality or religion blindly. But this is surrender only in appearance. The difference is in the results. Surrendering as an act of choice may be draining or exhausting in the short term, but is creative and energizing over the long haul and makes the individual a better person. Hiding from choices, giving everything over to someone or something else, is destructive, as we see in those who extract themselves from cults. The choice takes without giving and leaves only a shell behind. Many parents of adult children and ex-spouses discover this to their outrage and regret. At the end of the process, marriage or child-rearing, they are left with nothing, because they have depended on the other to create a life for them at the end of the process, rather than being responsible for themselves. And when the other refuses, they're left where they started, albeit with less time and more experience. In this right-leg energy center, all the analytics of our left brain, the intellectual sorting, starts working furiously to create categories and labels, to sort things into meaningful groups, and so to choose whether they are righteous or not, good or bad, liked or not liked. The simplest and most recent iteration of this is Facebook and the like button. Kept in balance and utilized to navigate the world, this desire is positive and allows us fluid yet permeable boundaries which keep us whole while continuing to grow. Used as a means to attempt to control the world around us, to force things into black or white contradictions, This process can develop into racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, ageism, all the isms. This is like the naming process given to Adam run amok, and we label things with new names which destroy rather than enlighten, jail instead of free, and seem to empower us while leading us astray. If we use these labels, we build a framework of life which is brittle, fallible, and limiting, thereby stunting our ability to grow and limiting our options for this embodiment. In the same vein, we're taught to create separate categories in life for work, home, personal life, spirituality, relationships, and leisure activities, and sort all of our actions into them. We're then told to keep them all separate, and there are separate and different behaviors and even personality traits which are appropriate to each. We therefore can talk casually about being one kind of person at work, and a different one with our friends, and another with our partner. We can have a separate code of ethics for each as well, stealing office supplies at work but feeling righteous and above the pilferers of the world on the Sabbath. However, we're one being, not many, and the choices we make in one area are attached to all the others. Separating things into categories may seem to make life simpler and more controllable but in reality makes things messier more complicated and life more difficult to maintain and sustain being a whole person and making choices in harmony with this can be daunting but in the end simpler because there's only one category to work with the one labeled you living honestly is rarely easy and making choices based on what's right for us as a whole person can be frightening when it means challenging the status quo or disagreeing with a boss. Life is full of choices, and putting the right foot forward can be one of the most exciting, challenging, and worthwhile of all. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be talking about the energy center in our left leg, and how it supports us in connecting with and creating our place in the world. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.